to continue with this message I started last week. It's so important to me. Uh, is the beauty and discipline of faith. The beauty and discipline of faith. There is a discipline to faith, and I'm going to come to that later. But I want to show you first the beauty of faith. What faith can deliver to you. And this morning, I'm feeling, you know, like the gift of faith inside of me. And I'm going to just make it very clear before we go into this message that I believe if you're sick this morning, after this service, I need you to come. I'm going to pray for you. I believe God's going to heal you. I feel that. I've always felt that. And I just know God's going to heal you. I don't care what you've got. And I don't care how long it's been in your body. God's going to heal you this morning. I believe that with all of my heart. I want you to believe with me. God is still alive. Amen. What I'm seeing today in the church is like we're forgetting that God is a person. He's still alive. He's still powerful. God is still there. There is a God. There are some people in the world that don't believe there is a God. I'm not shocked by it because the Bible says draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So if you say there is no God, he'll never reveal himself to you. You'll never feel him. And you're right. He doesn't exist with regards to you. So you're right. I respect what you think. But just because you believe there is no God, it's not going to do away with God. That's just your belief. The reality is there. There is a God. You know, when I was growing up as a, in, in, in my native country, Nigeria, if Christianity was a mystery to me, it was so powerless. It bothered me. Because I grew up seeing voodoo doctors doing supernatural things. Things that I couldn't explain. I saw those things with my eyes. As some of my friends who were from Nigeria in our church, they'll tell you. We saw supernatural things you couldn't explain. And people were talking about God and going to church. And I was thinking, how come if God is the real, true God, how come this church is so powerless? There's nothing there except uh, glory to God or uh, I fly away. Why do I want to fly away? We still got problems here. So I wondered, what's going on? Where, if God is, how come he's not active? How come he's left everything to the voodoo doctor or the witch doctor? And, and everyone's scared of the witch doctor. And there's nothing in the church, no miracles and the witch doctors. I remember one witch doctor said to me, I mean, this is the truth. She said to me, you see them, they are going to church. After church, they all come here. Because this is where the power is. Today, I beg to differ. The power is in the church. The power is in the church. Christianity, is, that's what separates Christianity from every other religion. I've seen miracles with my own eyes. I've seen blind eyes open. And I'm the one preaching. I can't explain it, but that's been my mindset. I've got to see God in action. This is silly for you to tell me there is a God and he does nothing. It doesn't make sense. So that's my quest. I 
want to serve a living, a risen Christ who is alive. That's what we want to proclaim. Now, let me tell you this. Faith in God is the solution for every problem. Faith in God is the solution. You're looking for a solution? Oh, yes. Faith in God is the solution for every problem. By the grace of God, if God allows me, I'm going to be talking about faith and marriage. All of this stuff we're doing, self-help stuff, we're coming to that. Just go to that stuff. But there is a God that can help you with the problems you have in your marriage. God can help you if you let him. He can help you in any way. There is nothing that God cannot do. Jesus said, if you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. All you have to do is believe. You can change your behavior by faith. Believing in God. God transformed my life. I didn't have to go sit in any class where people educate me on how to get... Just one day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it was gone. And God is the same. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, sometimes when I read scriptures, I get amazed at what faith can do. And I'm going to share one with you this morning, and I want you to think carefully to hear what a human being is saying about himself, life, and God, a human being. And I wonder if, if, if God is not a respecter of persons, that means this is still available for every one of us today, if we can believe. And he said so casually, you probably won't get it, what this guy is saying. I'd like to turn to Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 1, beginning from verse 22. He says, but... If I lay, if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit, fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. It says, for I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, that means I have a desire to live this my world, live this life, die, and be with Christ, which is far better. He says, that's far better for me, just to die and be with Christ. He says, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you, Continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. That your rejoicing for me may be, uh, be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Now, let me explain what's happening here. Paul was in prison, shackled in Rome. They were talking about the king, I mean, they were taking him to the emperor. There was a chance he could lose his life. Because he was going to be tried for preaching the gospel. And Christians were being killed everywhere. And Paul was saying, look, 
really, I don't care about living anymore. I really want to die to, be, to go home and be with God. It's better for me. He says, but I've thought about it. But you guys, you need me. That's what I read. He said, you guys, you need me. And, and, and so I'm caught. I don't have, I don't know what to choose. I like to go home. It's better for me. But you guys need me. I said, but because I'm confident that you are, if I stay, it's going to be for your benefit. I'll just hang around for a while. Basically, he's saying, I don't, no sickness can destroy my life. No emperor can take my life. Nobody can take my life until I'm ready to go home. And he, a man, is saying, they are going to release me whether they like it or not. And I'm coming to see you face to face. How, can he, how could he have known this? He did all of this by faith in God. Through faith in God, he was able, and the history tells us that they actually released him. And he went back and saw those people. So a man can decide when he wants to die. That's the point about faith. How powerful faith is. You know, Paul, Peter says, I finished everything. I am now ready to be offered. Paul himself said, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. A crown is waiting for me. Now it's time to go home. This guy, just a human being like us, he's deciding nothing can take me till I'm ready to go home. That's how powerful faith in God is. That's how powerful faith in God is. We are not supposed to be weak. We are not supposed to just be depressed, have nothing, because God is in our life. Faith can change anything. Faith is of the Spirit. It's not a mental thing. Faith is of the Spirit. Fear is of the flesh. God responds to faith. The devil responds to fear. Faith attracts God. Every time God sees faith, he's pleased. Faith moves God into action. That's why Jesus said, if you can only believe, or because when God comes behind you, even though God's using you, you are almost like in God's class because everything becomes possible. Just like with God. If you can only believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So faith in God is the most powerful force in this world. And some Christians say, well, I don't want to hear about faith. No, you really want to hear about faith. You cannot make it without faith in God. You really need to understand what this is so that you know how it works so that you can know how to operate it, then God will walk behind you and work for you and to solve every problem. Fear attracts the devil. And that's why Jesus will always say, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. Because once you fear, you have opened the door to the enemy. And Satan has a gospel. God tells you everything, God's going to take care of you. But the devil is telling you, you see all of these things that are happening to you in the natural. What he's trying to do is to get you to fear. And once you are afraid, then he takes over. And then he's going to destroy your life. Now, 
First John chapter 4, verse 18 tells us very clearly there that fear has torment. There is torment behind it. You know why? Because the devil is behind it. <laughs> and God is on the side of faith. The Bible says, faith, the first, second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, he says, faith is a spirit. Read it. And fear is also a spirit. And fear operates through the flesh. And Jesus says, the f- flesh profits nothing. So we need to be on the side of faith. Let me show you some of the feats of faith this morning. Some of the exploits of faith in God. And that's why I feel so strong. I, I, you don't feel, it's not a feeling thing. I just believe God today, if you're sick in the body, let's pray for you. And right here, beginning from right here, you will recover if you agree with me. It's just the way it works. It's not something that I have to talk about. I've seen it happen over and over again. Many of us saw Pastor Andy, Michael, you all saw it. We saw his hand. I mean, he just grew out like that right before our eyes, right here in the service. I didn't do that. God did it. it that tells me God's still here today. And if God's here today, he can take care of that, your little problem. Amen. He can take care of that problem. For you is big. For God is nothing. Just get him involved. Put him in the equation. He said, I, he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You have nothing to fear. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You got all these troubles. He said, bring them. I'll give you rest. In other words, I'll take care of your problem and you can sleep. Amen. And rest. That's the God I serve. I don't want to serve a God that is not involved in my, in my life and in my family's life. And he's not doing that because we don't trust him. And we disappoint him. We disappoint him because we don't trust him. If you are wealthy and you have a child and, and you tell your child, I'm going to buy you a bicycle. And the child keeps saying, Daddy, are you sure you're going to buy me the bicycle? The next day, Daddy, are you sure you're going to buy me the bicycle? You know we're wealthy, yeah. And they say, but I don't trust you, you know, because your words, your words are not good. Are you going to be happy with a, father, with a child like that? He says, child, what's wrong with you? What did I do? But God says, he is not a man that should lie. Neither the son of man that should go back on his word. He said, if I said, I'll do it. If I've spoken, I will make it good. In other words, you can trust me. I'll take care of you. I believe this God. Amen. He will take care of us. He will take. Let's talk about some feats of faith. It's so important. What faith in God? Not just faith in faith. Faith in Jesus Christ and His Word, because His Word cannot lie. When God gives you a promise and you mix that promise with faith. The, the promise comes alive in the natural world. Let's go to the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning from verse 32. And he says, he says, and what more shall I say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who, for, who through faith subdued kingdoms, walked righteousness, Obtained promises, 
stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. In other words, you can kill them, even if you know, no matter how hard you try, you can kill them. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Subdued kingdoms. Subdued kingdoms. In other words, you got the president, but the one who is really governing is the prophet. They subdued kingdoms. That's what the Bible is telling us. There is no kingdom under the sun that faith cannot subdue. There is no kingdom. You know, Elijah said to Ahab, Mark my words, he said, Until I say so, there will not be rain in this land. And for three, three and a half years, the king was looking for the prophet to please come and help us. We need rain. Who was in charge? The prophet was in charge. I mean, they took control of the kingdom. He says, unless I say so, no rain will be in the land. And there was famine all over the place. Because of the, they subdued the king and the prophet, the, the kingdom. You know, I remember in my country, in the 90s, Nigeria, there was a wicked president. And slowly, he took over everything. It was shocking. I was living here in the United States, and I was watching what was going on. They, he said, well, we will have a free election, and we'll have a new president. One guy shows up, he's going to run against him, and the next day he comes on television saying, I'm telling you, only this current president can govern our country. He is the best, so I'm not running anymore. Everybody was afraid. Nobody could speak. But you know what the Christians were doing? They were holding night vigils, praying, God change him, if not, take him out. God change him if he's not ready to be changed, if he's not willing, get him out. They were doing their stuff for the election, and he was the only candidate. No other person. And I was thinking here in Houston, what are we going to do? This guy's going to kill everyone. He's so powerful. But the Christians, they didn't mind him. In my country, those guys can pray. You need to see them. They prayed all night from one end to the other. They were praying. And all of a sudden, this guy died. Mysteriously, he was gone. Nobody expected it. He just died. And the, next, the guy who came in to be the president after him, he spoke to the world. He said his death was by divine intervention. He said that. Published. On the internet, everywhere. The Christians were subduing the kingdom of man. That's what God wants to do. What about your life? There is a kingdom of darkness over people's lives. Is there a kingdom of darkness that's affecting your marriage? 
and you've tried everything. You work at it one, day, one week, things seem to be getting better, and then the next thing is getting really bad, and you're now talking divorce and saying all these crazy things, whereas you told yourself you were never going to mention that. You're doing it now. What's happening? The kingdom of darkness is taking over your house. You are full of all kinds of things, suspicion and all of that stuff. Get rid of the enemy. Subdue the kingdom of darkness. By faith in God. Subdue it. Your finances. Your children. Faith. These men subdued kingdoms. You can subdue the kingdom of darkness in your own life. Your children's life. They cannot affect you. You declare those things based on the word of God and let God work with you. Your children, your relationship, your Christian life. You have some kind of addiction that's eating you alive. Subdue it. Amen. By faith in God, there is no other way to do it. Nobody can cancel the devil out of a person. They'll give you medicine. The medicine is not going to cast the devil out that's affecting you. He'll laugh at it, give you a little room so you think the medicine is working, and he comes back in your house, and, and the next time it's worse than the first. You can deal with the problem and let God deal with it. But you can subdue kingdoms. No Christian should suffer, suffer oppression. You shouldn't feel depressed in any way. You can always trust God. No matter what's going on in your home, God is on your side. If there is confusion in your home, if there is confusion in your marriage, if there is confusion with your children, I believe faith can take care of it. Faith can take care of it. I don't have to worry about my kids. Don't have to teach them, sit them down and make them memorize John 3.16 and everything there. I want them to do that. But I can take a hold by faith. Amen. I go to sleep, but he never goes to sleep. So I can be at peace with myself. They subdued kingdoms by faith. No other way you can subdue Satan's kingdom in your life. Secondly, they worked righteousness. What does that mean? You are already righteous. <laughs> but to live a good Christian life, you need faith. You need faith. To live a Christian life, you can't do it without faith. They worked righteousness. It's hard to love somebody that you know hates you. How many know that? Especially when they tell you to your face, we don't like you. But the Bible commands you to love your enemy. And you say, boy... <laughs> God, I have to think about this. It's hard to love somebody that you're working with, you have your dream job, and he's doing everything because he has a little power over you, trying to get you fired. But God still says to love him. And you've got to work righteousness. How can you do that? It's only through faith. And being detained about faith, we say, well, we love by faith. No. When you love through faith, it's genuine. 
the individual will actually know that there is a true love coming from your heart towards them. They know it. Even as they are trying to hurt you. But if it's the fleshly type of love, it goes up and down. Up and down, depending on what's going on. If he smiles at you, you love him. When he doesn't smile at you, curses you out, you hate his God. You want, him, you want him dead. And all of that. But when his love by faith is steady, no matter what you're doing. And people wonder, can God do that? Yes. Whenever I feel those type of emotions, I go talk to God. Can you change what I'm feeling? <laughs> because that's not me. I know the truth. And God can change that. It's hard when you're having a lot of bills. And then God's saying, let go of that thousand dollars for my work. You tell God, God, you don't understand, you know. I got all these bills to pay, you know. It takes faith. It takes faith to pay your time. It takes a lot of faith. Because the devil is going to tell you how much you can accomplish with this little 10. <laughs> he don't talk to you about the remaining nine, uh, 90%. He won't talk to you about that. He's telling you how much you can accomplish with this little 10. That's the deceit. And you have to rise above it only through faith. They walk to righteousness through faith. When you do what is right before God, it's got to be through faith. They walk righteousness they obtained promises. Let me read this scripture and I'm going to stop here today. I have several others that I want to share with you. Obtained promises. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 2, and 4, it says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Did it say, as his divine power is going to give to us all things that pertain to life and godliness? Is that what it says? He says his divine power, that God's power, has already delivered to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. You know what that means? Godliness means your Christian living, your faith, your prayer life. Your ability to go on a fast, to free people who are oppressed, to preach the gospel, that's godliness. But life, that's paying your bills. <laughs> Amen? That's your children's situation. That's what God, He has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. That's by through glory and power. But then it tells you how this, this works. Even though God's given that to you, the only way to really enjoy it in the natural is to work these promises. It's by which those, prom those things given, by which have been given to us, exceedingly great and precious promises. The promises are not just great. They are exceedingly great and precious promises. And this says by them, God wants us to be partakers of his divine nature. So those promises are already there. God's giving his promise. When God gives a promise in his mind, it's already done. 
But you have to obtain that promise. And the only way they obtained the promise was through faith in God. There are a lot of promises that God has given to us. Every one of those promises are good for us. But we have to find a way to obtain those promises. And the way to obtain those promises is through faith in Jesus. Let me tell you this. We're coming to that. Basically, some, I think it was T.L. Osborne was asking this man who had all these ideas. He just says, do you believe that God will keep his word? That's faith. Do you believe God has integrity enough to say something and not back away from it? That's faith. If you have faith as little as a grain of mustard seed, that's simple. He's going to do it. So relax. Rest. No matter what your problem is, you can actually depend on God. And you know what? God loves that. When you depend on Him, you obtain those promises. If God said it, that's true. I'm going to accept it. And it, it, it's not going to happen to me in my family because this is what God said. You know, for me, I've said this year over and over again, and I have to deal with situations as they come one after the other. But the Bible tells us very clearly, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I... Hey, you guys are really smart. Okay. <laughs> The Lord is my shepherd, I shall... Notice when it says, I shall not want, he didn't tell you, he didn't define it, right? That means, I shall not want with regard to my relationship, right? I shall not want, I won't be in want with regards to my children's education. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not one. In other words, there's nothing broken, nothing missing. I just will not have one. But it tells you, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? I shall, you see, that's the word fear again, amen? Because it's already with you. Don't be afraid. You are walking through the shadow. What is happening to you is just a shadow. It's not part of you. God can take care of it if you believe. If you can only believe. Stop speaking. We're coming to that. By discipline of faith. Stop paying too much attention to the problem. And start injecting God into the problem. Many times we like to complain. Oh, brother, so and so. You, won't, you don't want to know what I've been going through. I don't want to know it either. Keep it. If you want to complain, talk to him. He can handle it. If you complain to me, I will just feel sorry for you, but there's nothing I can do. But he can handle it. And believe me, he's big enough to handle your complaint. And usually he asks you one simple question and you say, uh, I'm not going to ask anymore, okay? <laughs> because it makes you see things the way he's saying it. There is no problem that is too big for God. If you go home with nothing today, let me let you know this. Rest. You honor God. You know what? You honor God more when you have the problem and you are at peace. God says, I like that man. 
I like that woman. But when you are complaining and running to and fro, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's like the waves of the sea. And it says that man will never receive anything from God. I don't want to be that kind of person. Amen? I want to be a person that trusts God. That's what I want the Ark Fellowship to be. No matter what the problem is in your life, I don't care what it is. And I really don't want to know. But I'm telling you this, God can take care of it. And, and He's going to take care of it beginning this morning. You know, when God gives you light to see what's going on, what the problem is, you're halfway through the problem. And so God's going to give you light this morning. That's the way I want to approach ministry at the Art Fellowship. We are going to see God in action. Amen? Yes, you can go your counseling or whatever you want to do, but I want the supernatural. Amen? God can take care of it. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. We need Jesus in our lives. And Jesus needs to be there in our lives. All God is asking for, can you just trust me? Can you just leave everything to me? Yes, you may be struggling with a crippling addiction. But I'm telling you there is freedom in Christ. Amen? No matter what it is. When you can't handle it, talk to God about it. He will understand and the problem he will take and begin to work with. So I want us to turn everything to God today. If you're here this morning and you know you ought to be a Christian that loves God and is living for God, but you are not really living for God the way you should as a Christian, you don't even know whether if you die today you will make it to heaven. But I can assure you today that Jesus is here with us and all you have to do is tell him somehow, some way, God, I am willing to co- for you to come into my life. You see, let me let you know this. You cannot live a holy life without God inside of you. No, no man has that ability. We are all sinners. But when we allow Jesus, the righteous one, to come into our life, then it changes everything for us. So it doesn't matter how bad you've been, God can change your life. And you can become a God lover beginning this morning. All you need to do at the count of three is just put your hand up and say, God, and li- not for men, every head bow, all eyes closed. Just before God. I'm not going to call you out here, but you let God see your hand out, up, saying, God, I need you in my life. If that's you to this morning, I want to pray for you. And God will answer our prayers. One. Two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God saw those hands. Thank you. God saw those hands. Please open your eyes and look up here. We have what we call growth track. You know, my own Christian walk, I, I, uh, I wish some of the things that I know today was brought to me when I was a new Christian, it would have been so helpful. First thing that you want to do as a Christian, make yourself available to God's Word. Anytime the Word is being preached, be around. It does something to you that you cannot put your hand on. It changes you. You won't even be aware that God's doing something. 
Because God and His Word are one and the same. And so every time you hear God's Word, your life is being transformed and you're not even aware. Especially every time you said, that's, that's right. The Spirit of God goes. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And He said to the disciples, you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. That's a mystery to me. Just by listening to His Word, something is going on in you spiritually you are totally unaware but then it shows in your actions and your friends begin to ask questions there's something different about you and you say really that's happened to me they can tell something is happening to you i want god to do that for you and that's when you avail yourself to the word of god and you let people know i'm serving god you don't have to be perfect we are changed from glory to glory and God, people, your family will begin to see. Remember the man said, the children say, we're not scared of you anymore. What happened to you? They can't tell. Because he was a mean man and they can see the gentleness. And the kids that used to run away from him, they're running to him. He knew, yes, Jesus is in the heart right now. This is different. That's happened. Amen. I want you, there's a part that says, 